Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son, ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways. And I don't like to lose it anyway. Welcome, guys, to another episode of the 704 cast. Tonight's episode features myself, Corey Adams, and Wes Harrison, as we are missing uh, Matt Wood tonight, but um, we're going to continue on, as we always do with the two of us. So, um, big week uh, this week as we face the Steelers, week three of the preseason, uh, the final week of the preseason, and then the games start to matter. So, uh, how are you doing, Wes? Doing good. Excited to talk some Panthers football. Excited to see this week. Um, it's the first week we're going to get an extended look at the starters and and Darnold, uh, who just threw the two passes in the game against the Ravens. So I'm very much looking forward to that and and a lot of other things uh, in the coming week. So, absolutely, absolutely. And you you've heard Matt Rule come out and say that he hopes to get the starters one to two quarters of of action so you you've got something to look forward to on friday night if you are like us and have you know waited anxiously uh in anticipation to see sam Darnold lead the lead the first team offense out there so before we begin as we always do we're going to get into some news and notes from around the league uh some headlines from this week teddy bridgewater our old pal teddy bridgewater was named the starter in denver uh, i guess they thought he looked good enough the other night against the Seahawks backups to go ahead and uh, name him that that starter above uh, Drew Locke. So can't say I, I agree with it, but, you know, that's Denver and they can they can make their own decisions. Uh, I think that we all know what Teddy is at this point. So I'll be watching that, monitoring it from afar. And uh, Denver fans, uh, I'm sorry for you, but uh, enjoy Teddy Bridgewater. So. <laughs> Uh, rookie Travis Etienne, unfortunately, was injured with a Liz Frank injury, and he is done for the season. And that's kind of disappointing for Jaguars fans, obviously. But, you know, fantasy guys, if you're into fantasy too, uh, I was looking forward to watching Etienne play. So that kind of sucks. You hate to see injuries, period. Um, and then his teammate, Trevor Lawrence, first overall draft pick, was went ahead and named the starter. No, no surprise there. Don't know why it took Urban this long to go ahead and do that, but that's Urban Meyer for you, I guess. And they went ahead and named him the starter. So, yep. And then, uh, in kind of contrast, the Bears have come out and said that Fields will not be their starter uh, in Week One. They've 
they've said that they're rolling with Andy uh, as, as by all accounts is what, what what's going to happen. So like, like we said with the, the Broncos, good luck. <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the move there. Uh, some other teams like San Francisco, they've, they've got uh, a guy that that's been their starter and can, can kind of, be ahead of Lance if, if that's what they decide to do. But to when you just bring in Dalton on, on kind of a veteran deal to, to not give it, give the nod to your, to your first round pick, just kind of scratch some heads there. But. Yeah. And, and too, like, <laughs> I, I, I can understand it from a sense of, I think everybody's chasing that Patrick Mahomes route where you got to sit behind Alex Smith for a year and develop and then come off the bench and, you know, be what he was. But, in that situation, I just don't think they're similar at all in terms of the team that's around uh, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. And if you've watched any of the Bears preseason games, that fan base is going to be riding in the streets for Justin Fields to be starting. I mean, you heard him in his press conference say, you know, don't don't boo Andy. It's not you know, that's not right. He's a human being, too. I just don't know how long you're going to be able to keep that rabid fan base at bay. Uh, with Justin Fields sitting on the sideline after what he's done this preseason. Yeah, I agree. And, and Fields has just objectively looked better in what I've seen of him too. He's, he's looked the part. So right. that, that'll, it'll be interesting to see that where that, where that goes and how that develops. Um, old friend, Devin Funches was put on IR this week by the Colts. So that makes what a, he played a few snaps three years or three years ago before that injury was, opted out last year and is not playing this year. So a few snaps in three years for, for Funches since leaving Carolina. Yeah. And so I was about to say three, three going on three years without any meaningful snaps. And, but you know, it's everybody's fault, but his own. So. Yep. That checks out for former, uh, former Panther first round pick receivers. (laughs) Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, Eddie is the same way. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just just gonna say, moving on to the the last bit of news we have here. Sony Michelle, former former first round Patriots running back, uh, was traded to the Rams for a 2022 fifth and sixth rounder. Uh, So the Patriots moving on from who was probably gonna end up being their second string running back. And the Rams just continuing to show that they just do not give a single solitary, you know what, about NFL draft picks. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I more power to them, I guess. I, I think you, you see with with this Panthers rebuild, uh, so to speak, what a good what good draft picks can do for you. The defense is young and going to be really good from the draft and mostly the draft. Um, and then you go and put get a lot of offensive pieces this year, some some offensive line pieces, and and a weapon in Terrace Marshall, and another weapon in Tommy Trimble that we're hoping develops. So it's it's an interesting strategy, especially um, with some of the contracts that they have to pay to. It's the draft draft capital is cheap, so it, it they're cheap players. So I don't I don't quite get it, but they're they're in win now mode. So. And they're, they're going for it. They, they think that they have the team in place, and they probably do have the team in place if they get some breaks to go their way, especially uh, injury-wise during the season. If they can go ahead and, and get, get the luck you need in the NFL season to, to, to make it into the playoffs healthy, then 
they have just as good a shot as anybody else in the NFL that's in the upper tier of, of getting to a Super Bowl again and, and getting the job done this time. So, yep. And when you're, they were counting on acres to be their, their main, main back. And, and with that injury, uh, they just, I guess, just not trust Henderson to be the main guy. So we'll see how that backfield shakes out. Moving on. Um, we reported on the last episode that the Panthers were close to a deal with wide receiver, Robbie Anderson. Uh, I think you guys all know our thoughts. If you've listened to the show about Robbie, um, that came to fruition this week as we extended Robbie with a two year, $29.5 million extension with a uh, 20 million of that fully guaranteed. Um, that brings the total, including this season to three years, 37 and a half million. Um, and if you compare that to, like you said, Wes, if you compare that to Curtis Samuel's deal, he got three for 34. So you guys were spot on. Um, I thought maybe the money might be a little bit more. He is getting a little bit more. Uh, he's getting a pay raise yearly um, in terms of what he's going to make a year. But uh, you guys were, you hit the nail right on the head with the Curtis Samuel deal. Um, I think that's a great deal. I think S- Scott Fitter is continuing to show, you know, prowess in that front office and extending our guys. And he talked about a stagger method. So if, you know, I'm not really quite, I'm not an NFL GM. I don't really know what that means, but I'm assuming it, it it's laying out your contracts to, to not overlap with each other so much. So anybody who's worried about us keeping DJ because of this, I think that you can kind of put those notions to bed a little bit. Um, I'm happy with the money. Um, I thought it was a, a, I thought it was a deal. Honestly, I, I thought with, with what Robbie provides um, and provided us last year, you know, his yards after the catch ability, uh, just his route running, his ability in space to create and make things happen. I thought, I thought it was awesome. Uh, what did you think of that, that deal for Robbie? Yeah. I, I, I would, I said I, I, something along the lines of, of, of being right there at that Curtis. And if it was there, I would be ecstatic because the play you're getting for that. Um, I, I think I love Curtis Samuel. I wanted Curtis back. Um, and I, I think it's documented on here that I would have actually probably picked Curtis Robbie and now Terrace over the money that we're going to end up possibly giving DJ without, with the touchdown concerns from DJ for me. So but that being said, I'd rather have Robbie on this deal than Curtis on his 334. Um, both of them would have been great. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah. that's that's for a different discussion. I love the I love the money. Uh, it doesn't affect anything else that we would want to do um, for the caliber of receiver that Robbie is, with uh, roughly 90 catches for over a thousand yards last year, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, 337 is. That's great. That, right. that puts him somewhere in the mid teens as far as AAV for, for receivers, which is uh, for 90 yards and 90 catches over a thousand yards in a season. It's, it's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. And I think too, you know, Scott Fitter talked about it today. I listened to his press conference or sorry, yesterday. It was either today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday. He was talking about just that continue, that continue, what's the word I'm looking for? That continuity in the room. You know, having that, that same presence, having those same guys grow and learn and develop with each other. Just how good of a presence that Robbie is in that room with, you know, younger guys like Shai Smith, with Terrace Marshall, uh, and the friendship and connection that he has with DJ now. Um, they seem to be like they're like best friends off the field. So 
that that's great to have those familiar faces continue to be in this program, continue to be in this culture that we're trying to build here. And Robbie said it himself. He said, I love being in Carolina. This is what I've always wanted to be. Uh, this is the kind of place I've always wanted to be in. Um, he's like, I'm going to have to go take a nap and make sure I'm not dreaming. I mean, yeah. that's what he put it and, out. And he said, not just like the team and everything around him, but the, the city itself. And and I love, I love, it's something that people didn't talk about enough with, with like, like let's mention him again, Cam, Cam loved the city of Charlotte and did so much for the city of Charlotte. And for, for players here, it means a lot to me as a fan and someone who's lived in Charlotte to see the players love to be in Charlotte. And, and that's, that's cool. Not just to be there because they have to be, that's where their job is. But for him to say he wants to be in Charlotte is that that's something special for fans, I think. Um, and I, like you said, the rapport that he has with DJ, I don't know if you saw the video on uh, the, the, the team Instagram that they put out, when they were saying like, if you got in trouble, who's the one person yeah. you would call? And they both said each other. And they were oh. like, they were talking about how they were like big brother, little brother. And I do at this point think we're going to extend DJ. I, I, I'm of that mindset. It's going to happen at some point. Uh, so the rapport that they have together, that brotherhood, like you talked about, it's important. Uh, and so. I also don't think it can go without stating that this guy has rapport with Sam. You know, I mean, Sam's yep. best year and Robbie's best year before he came to Carolina was with Sam Darnold. So as we think that Sam Darnold is going to be, you know, here and growing for the next two, three, four, five years, having them two, can, that, that consistent connection together will be good for, for not only Robbie, but for Sam as he's growing and maturing and trying to shake off some of those cobwebs that he, he got up there in New York. So I love the deal. I love the move. Um, if you had told me before the season or even like before, you know, back in the spring that this deal was going to get done, I, I thought for sure this was Robbie's last year in Carolina. Uh, I, I would put the chances at below 50%, you know, before this happened that, that Robbie was going to be, be here long-term. And I just, I think it goes to show with the Moten deal getting done, this deal getting done, that if you come to Carolina, it shows a lot about to the players that if you come to Carolina, you produce, you buy into the program that they're building, you buy into rule and his staff into the culture that you are going to get rewarded, especially if you perform in the field. And we see that now. And that's a big message to send to a, a young team. That's a big message to send to a locker room of younger guys as they're growing in this, in this league and in this, on this team that you do well here, you do what you're supposed to do here, that you're, you're going to get rewarded. And that's, that's big. And I applaud Scott Fitter and whatever role Matt rule had in deciding who, if, if he got this deal or not, I applaud them for, for making this happen, keeping Robbie here in Carolina for the next three years. Um, that that's big. And I, I love it. So um, any closing thoughts on Robbie before we, we get into the other. Not necessarily Robbie, but to touch on something that you mentioned, uh, Scott said something about another extension possibly coming yeah. and just seeing these other extensions, seeing the, uh, these, these extensions we've gotten done with, with Moten and with Robbie, that anybody else that, that wants to stay a part of the Panthers sees these extensions happening there. It's a good thing for them to see the organization willing to work with their young talent and bring them back. And, and it's going to make more and more of that happen. And it's going to make these extensions. We're going to keep our talent. And it's not something we've seen. We've not seen good talent coming back on the right deals for a long time. 
Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's going to be it's going to be a fun time if this continues with Scott. Um, so, and you know, you just I, I, you just brought up another thing in my mind too. I think it's good for potential free agents in the future to see a free agent like Robbie come here and after one year, you know, get an extension. I think that that's he came here on a short short term deal, you know, not really knowing, you know, knew well he knew Matt Rule obviously, but not knowing the the whole staff as a whole. The, the organization as a whole came here for one year. He balled out and he's, he's getting an extension rewarded for it. I think that's big for, to show to free agents who possibly are going to want to come here in the future when we have like next year, I don't think people are remembering just the amount of cap we're going to have next year or the year after. And then when it balloons back up after that, so big, big time stuff. So happy yeah. for, and you can bring in, you can bring in guys that, that get those two year prove it type deals that are still for that first contract that aren't quite ready for that big one. And if they ball out in that first year and, and buy in, you, you can extend them at almost, almost like a, a hometown discount. If they, they really do buy in like well, so that's on Reddit. I saw on Reddick's on a one-year deal. I mean, yep. you know, goes out there and balls, you know, we'll see. So <clears throat> happy Robbie's here. Um, and we shall see if this, whatever, the, what other extension they have in the works. Cause Scott Fitter said in season, out of season, doesn't matter if the deal is, if it's time for the deal to get done, that he's going to get it done. So I love it. Um, moving on, um, I think <laughs> everybody in Panther Nation realizes the kicker situation is a bit of an issue right now. We left our last episode saying that they had no choice. They needed to bring in some sort of competition for um, Joey Slaw. They did that uh, this week in bringing in uh, Eberly. Dominic uh, Eberly. Dominic Eberly, uh, undrafted kid out of Utah State. Uh, I think he was born in Germany. Um, at Utah State, uh, he scored 349 points, 8.34 a game. He made 64 field goals. He was perfect on extra points, 167 out of 167. It is a shorter distance in college so take that what you will but it's good to know that the kicks he's supposed to make he made uh being the most basic one an extra point and he made four 50 yard plus field goals in his time at utah state so um they had a little bit of a competition today apparently um <laughs> it wasn't very good for our, for for the incumbent joey sly uh as he went oh for three in their kicking competition today with eberly eberly Went two for three. Uh, the only one he missed was from 49. Um, and like I said, Joey Sly missed all, all three. So what that tells me is I really don't think that Joey Sly can handle pressure. Um, yeah, and, and Rule did bring him back out for one more at the end with seconds left in some sort of situational uh, drill they were running. And Sly did make one on that one. But, uh, I mean – 25%. It's not really, uh, not really what you want to see out of your, uh, uh, the only kicker we were carrying for months. No, no. And I mean, I don't have any like personal vendetta against Joey Sly. Just this is not good enough. Um, what he's done this preseason is not good enough. What he did last year while he was put in some difficult situations last year in the games that were, you know, 60 plus yards, that's not a fair situation to put somebody in. doesn't matter if they're in the NFL or not. That's a very long kick. But you cannot miss extra points, man. And they, I'm sorry. I don't care if they've moved it back. 
excuse me, you can't miss extra points. Those are supposed to be automatic. I mean, and it's just not at this point. You're always holding your breath. You're always wondering if it's going to go in. So um, at this point, I'm just glad we brought somebody else in. Um, I hope that he gets all the kicks Friday night. I, I don't, I don't want to see Joey Sly doing anything but maybe kickoffs. And if that's the way, if you want Joey Sly, I hate to use a roster spot on two kickers, but you know it's not uncommon to have a kickoff kicker and a um, field goal, you know, field goal kicker. Yeah. Uh, although we do have, you know, so that's three because we'd have a punter in my guy J- Joseph Charlton, so. Um, who solidly locked himself into that one? <laughs> yeah, I think that Matt would say. I think typically when they when that's happened, it's been like the punter did kickoffs, and then the the field goal kicker only did field goals or stuff like that. I think like Pat McAfee was like that. I think back in the yeah. day. Um, yeah, the only thing I have to say is I don't understand how we went into training camp with just one kicker after the year Sly had last year. I mean the the reigning Super Bowl champs with a veteran star kicker like Suckup, who's been in the league for forever, even brought in someone to compete with a guy like that. And that's like, that just shows you the issue with that mentality of just about every team comes into camp with two kickers, even if they're fine with their starter, because that competition is, is good to push kickers. Right. And then, you know, you, you talk about competing and, and, and it's important for every position on the team to compete. Well, what does it say to your kicker when you, you don't bring anybody in to even push him, you know, he, he gets comfortable. And if he's already feeling the pressure after one day of bringing another kicker in, then that tells me everything I need to know about Joey Sly in terms of a mental ability uh, and handling that pressure that you need. I mean, What's he going to do in the playoffs when, you know, game's on the line, you know, we're down two, he makes a kick, we, we advance, he misses, we go home. I mean, do you want someone who, who's going to miss three kicks in a row when they bring a guy in to compete with him? Uh, I, I don't. Personally, I don't. I would be yeah, on the floor, like, yeah. just biting my nails in that situation. John Ellis tweeted out a video today of Harrison Butker making a long game winning field goal. And I just wanted to crawl into a hole. <laughs> <'Cause> yeah. <laughs> that could have been us. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, Harrison Butker, I, I, it's been, we've said it. I think it's been just whipped to the, the, the bone on, on, on Twitter at this point about Harrison Butker. So every time I see the kid kick, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man what could have been so well at least they brought somebody in um we'll see how it shakes out this week and then we have a long wait until the season we have two weeks before the first game after that so um we'll see how it shakes out um and we'll hope for the best and uh, i would not be counting on joey slot being the kicker for the panthers this year but big game this week um the team that everybody loves to hate the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into bank of America stadium on Friday night. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, you know, this is the annual Steelers game. We play them every preseason, uh, which is cool. Uh, I think, you know, Tepper's going to continue to continue to do that. And I'd hoped um, going into it that like us, that they were going to play their starters for around a half 
Um, Matt Rule came out and said that he hopes, quote unquote, hopes that Darnold and the rest of the starters will get one to two quarters. I don't know why he's hoping he's the person who controls that. I don't, that's the only thing I don't like about coach speak is why do you say you hope? Like you're the one who controls how much reps they get. Are they going to play a quarter? Are they going to play two quarters? Where are they going to play? So, but we know that there will get some action. Um, we know that Big Ben will not play. Dwayne Haskins will get the start on Friday night. I was really looking forward to, to seeing Big Ben um, and that, that receiving core go up against our first team defense, but it looks like we're going to have to settle for Dwayne Haskins um, Friday night. So um, some awesome matchups that we may see, we may not see. Um, one I was really looking forward to was obviously uh, our rookie first round pick, um, J.C. Horn, go up against, you know, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson against D-Jax. Um, and obviously, if Juju plays those guys versus him, too, he mostly operates out of the slot now. Um, but uh, I was looking forward to those. I don't know how much we're going to get out of them. I'm assuming we'll see Chase Claypool. Um, and that's a matchup I'm going to love to see. J.C. Horn versus that out big, speedy, outside threat that is Chase Claypool. I'm going to love watching that one-on-one -on -one matchup. And I really hope that they attack that because I want to see JC in that matchup. I want to see JC on an Island versus chase Claypool and see how that shakes out. Um, obviously Steelers are on a three, four um, great, great defensive line. They have an awesome defense period, three good defenses in a row. TJ Watt versus our tackles. Again, I don't know if TJ Watt's going to go. Nothing's been mentioned by Tom Lynn. Um, he said he's still undecided on how, if, and for how long the stars will go. But I was really looking forward to watching TJ versus our tackles because if everybody remembers what TJ did to us that Thursday night game, <laughs> uh, kind of ruined my life with that cam hit. But uh, yeah, so um, what's your early thoughts on the game? Uh, what, what matchups are you looking forward to the most if we do get them? Um, I really want to, it's not, this is not a matchup at all. Really. I just want to see DJ Robbie and Terrace on the field at the same time. Uh, I cannot wait to see that. And just the different personnel that we're able to throw out there with that first team and, and the skill depth that we have, we obviously, or hopefully won't see McCaffrey out there at all. And, and they've kind of hinted as such that, that he probably won't. Um, so Chuba can obviously fill that role just fine. She was going to be a great weapon for us. Uh, but seeing what they can do with DJ, Robbie, Terrace, Ian, yeah. Dan, Tommy Trimble. I want to see him get some run with the first. I want to, I want to see the different personnel packages that we can throw out there. David Moore. Um, I mean, can you imagine a personnel package of DJ, Robbie, Terrace, David Moore at the same time, if we spread it out with, CMC slash Chuba in the backfield. It's, it's just a fun, a fun group of, of offensive skill players. And I, I really enjoy watching and, and something I've been doing in the preseason game so far is just picking a receiver each play to kind of watch what they do to on passing plays, at least to watch what they do to get open and, and, and the matchups that, that, and if they win their matchup and, and, and how they do. And I've been doing that a lot with Terrace. So I'm going to hopefully continue to do that. Um, we have the Trey Turner reunion, so it'd be interesting to see, uh, how, how that, that goes. And if there's some friendly handshakes and hugs and, 
um, then on the field, how, how our defensive line shakes up against their, their offensive line. Yeah. And you talk about matchups. Okay. And I got a little bit of confirmation, a little bit of <clears throat> validation earlier um, in a, in the Joe Brady press conference. Um, I watched it earlier after Panthers practice and he was talking about matchups in the preseason. And we talked to, we talked last week about the goal line struggles and the red zone struggles and all that. And he was saying, it's not necessarily so much uh, in the preseason about, you know, getting into your offense, getting into your playbook. He said that they make an, an effort to create minus situations for certain players. So what he means by that is, you know, in a regular season game, you can move a guy around pre-snap. You can put him in uh, different formations and create an advantage um, for our guys. And in the preseason, they're not necessarily looking for that. They're trying to create disadvantages for our guys to see if they can win that one-on-one -on -one matchup. So they're not necessarily putting them in the best overall situations all the time because they want to see how is this guy going to react to this one-on-one -on -one matchup versus, you know, this defender who, who might have his number or, you know, so on and so forth. So I really liked that, what he said, and I really liked that approach to it. So um, these one-on-one -on -one matchups that we might get out of this game are what I'm really looking forward to the most, like you mentioned. So um, Terrace versus Joe Hayden. Um, obviously, again, I don't know if Joe Hayden's playing, but I really look forward to that. And, you know, they have Minka Fitzpatrick roaming around back there. He's a freaking stud. So um, they just have a good defense, um, point blank period. I really hope that we get to see our first string offense versus their entire first string defense. Um, I really want that for at least a couple series um, and see exact, especially how our offensive line holds up against that, that just filthy filthy defensive line that they have and the filthy overall defense. So um, asking people again to not necessarily take the result into account so much as the production we get out of individuals in certain situations uh, going forward on Friday night. So, yeah, look for the, like, like we, like I said, and, and like Corey talked about, look for those matchups. Does, does Irving win some one-on-one -on -one matchups? Does Pat Alphon win some one-on-one -on -one matchups? Those are two that I don't expect to win very many one-on-one -on -one matchups. Um, right. But but how does how does Mo, obviously Moten you expect to win his matchups at right tackle? But how does um, Johnny Miller look at right guard, if, assuming he gets that start? And and I hope he does and and wins that job now that he's back. So yeah. just just watch that on the line. The line's going to be the one that that everyone's going to kind of watch the, the 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 receiving core and skill players have kind of already proven what they what they can do so if the yeah. line if the line can protect sam i think sam's going to be just fine yeah and speaking of the line i'm interested to see does brady christensen when we when we start making these line changes does he get any burn with the quote unquote you know first teamers does he get any um you know say the say Johnny Miller or say Pat Elfline has a, a false start who comes in is it is it Brady is he the first one coming in on in these situations where we pulled people straight out in these games for for making pre-snap penalties um is, is he going to be the one coming in off the bench and in what position does he start out at because I just don't think that with the way that he has performed this this preseason with the way a guy like Deontay Brown's performed this preseason I don't I don't foresee mistakes lasting very long along the offensive line. And I'm, I'm curious to see who that first wave of guys that come in 
in those situations. And I hope he does get a little bit of burn with, with a Johnny Miller by his side, you know, with go ahead. This is the time move Taylor Moten over to left tackle and, and put him in at right tackle beside Johnny Miller and, and just see what that, see what that does, see how that line rates, see how that line gels. Now I, I'm not, obviously not the coach, so I can't make these calls, but this is just what I hope for. And this is what I'm looking for. Um, so, I mean, just Ellis put out a super awesome um, run clip um, where, I mean, Deontay Brown has an amazing reach block on a three technique um, and Brady uh, climbs up to the second level and gets on uh, Patrick Queen and just bulls him back for, you know, six, six or seven yards. And Patrick Queen's no slouch, man. That kid is a stud. So I, I, I really want Brady to get some burn with those ones. Yeah, and I was going to say it before you mentioned it. I want to see – them go ahead at some point and I don't think they're going to start with it, but get a series or two with Taylor at left tackle and, and have Brady come in at right tackle and, and hell, while you're at it, go ahead and put Deontay in at left guard with that same group and see what he can do over there on that left side with Deontay and Taylor. Good Lord. That that's the, the potential there with that left side. Um, And then on the right side, you've got Johnny Miller kind of the veteran presence beside of, of, Brady Christensen and helping him with, with the calls and, and, and the matchups and, and, and allowing him to basically both of your rookie guys that, that you see a lot of potential in have a veteran beside of them to help them. And, and then there's a veteran right there in the middle in Paradis, obviously, but I think there's a lot of potential in that line. So we'll see. Um, I don't have much faith in them not rolling with Irving Elfline, Paradis, Miller, Moten as your day one offensive line. But to see a little bit of how that other – the other line could be would be yeah. really exciting to me, and, and at least in a couple series. Yeah, and, uh, you know, another thing, again, to look forward to, and I think this was kind of just nitpicking by people because um, we did only allow J.K. Dobbins eight rushing yards, um, but people were saying we were getting gashed um on defense and we did give up some big runs on the second as the second team started to come in so you know we're going against Najee Harris this week um and he's had a good preseason nothing crazy splash but he's had a good solid preseason so um seeing that first team defense and their run fits against the Steelers will be you know pretty big and something I'm really looking forward to to seeing can we can we match up and you know hold our lanes, hold our gaps and, and prevent them from, from gashing us down, down the middle of the field and get some pressure on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Early. And, and you mentioned with the run and the run defense and something I'll be watching a little bit is the linebackers with, with Perryman, the uncertainty there, Jermaine has, has won that starting job there. It, it seems so just, just watching how that linebacker group does. And that, I think that's the key to the run stop the, the, those guys on that second level when, when DB takes, takes his double team to the face, um, those, can those guys step in, fill those holes and, and yeah. stop the run? Yeah. Who's got the green dot? Is it Jeremy Chin? Is it Jermaine Carter? So why the green dot, who's calling the place? Who's calling the defensive formations out? Um, I would, I would assume Jermaine Carter since he's the starting middle linebacker now, um, but it could be Jeremy Chin. So that will be something I'd be interested to see is who is controlling the huddle on defense because they 
seem like the team. It seems like Matt Rule believe in Jermaine Carter and believe in what he's doing. So you're that's a it's a great point. Um, definitely something to be watching for on Friday night. So um, the only prediction preseason wise that I have for you guys is no matter what happens on Friday night, there will be Panthers fans who are upset with something. So, <laughs> and water is wet. <laughs> I think we could go out there and put 28 points on them and they'd some, somebody somehow find a way that rules a stupid college coach that we never should have hired. So we'll, we'll score. No, we'll score 30. We'll win 31 to 24 or something like that. And they'll complain about the one field goal that we had to kick because yeah. Sam overthrew DJ on the five yard line or some stupid, Terrible something clock, stupid. Terrible clock management by rule and the staff. And to end the, to end the first half when we still had the first team out there, we had to kick a field goal and uh, see our new kicker get a chance to kick a field goal as clock expired. Um, well, maybe they wanted the kicker to, to, yeah. to have to kick a field goal. You don't know. And it's all in jest, guys. We, we love all the Panthers fans, except if you don't like Cam Newton. Um, but If you don't like Cam Newton, just please, please don't. Yeah. Just find a new podcast. There's other it's ones. Just, it's just really – I think that, that this week is – I mean, I, I have such a love-hate Twitter – like, love-hate relationship with Twitter. I love being on there. But, my gosh, some of the narratives that get thrown around on that website are and, just – and it's like today that people want Cam to lose that job so bad. I just, I saw an article, an athletic article come across my phone minutes, like a few minutes before we started recording. It's like Mac Jones has his best day of practice yet in the absence of Cam Newton. Will Cam win? Will Cam be the starter in New England? And it's just an, I'm sure Mac had a fine day and I'm sure Mac has had fine days all, all camp. They just want the narrative started. Boston media and Boston in general would love nothing than Mac Jones to be their starting quarterback. They don't want Cam. And well, now there's Panthers fans who don't want that rule. So I mean, he's apparently, like I said, a college coach with yeah. his second year in the league. He, he deserves just to be kicked out and sent back down to college. So now, even though we had to New York, the New York giants flew a private plane to, Waco to pick him up but you know we are the dumbasses who hired him so yeah I just and I'm, I'm gonna be I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys I'm not a hundred percent on rule but it hasn't been enough time for me to make a call one way or the other no I'm, and I think the, the the thing that I'll go back to is this I'm not a hundred percent sold on rule he you know he may never win us a, a Super Bowl but I full-on expected us to win one to two games last year Oh, we and, we did better. We did we out exceeded exceeded our expectations. That team was put in a chance to win like nine games. Yeah, so like that that's pretty impressive given the the product we put on the field. So I wanted to win way less than we even did. We won five. I wanted to win less just out of I understand the whole culture thing, and and it probably is the reason why. I think we'll be a 10, 11 win team this year is just the culture that, that, that rule instills in these guys and wanting to win, but um, we're not rule stands either just to, to circle back. We're not rule stands. We're not saying he is the guy, but just give him some time. Right. Like in all reports, it was 
reported that Teddy was his guy. I hate that. I, I hated Teddy. I never wanted Teddy here to begin with. And I will hold that against him fairly. But in terms of a football, from a football standpoint, and especially from a development standpoint, he's shown me more in one and a half seasons to, from, a, from a young talent development-wise than I saw from, you know, go a decade of – near a decade of Ron Rivera. And I like Ron Rivera. I'm not bashing Ron Rivera. Yep. But we, we've got more production from first and second-year guys already in the rule tenure than we got when Ron was here. So using Brian Burns as a gunner wasn't good for his development? <laughs> highly doubt that <laughs> uh all jokes yeah I, I think we've talked about it before ron's detriment one of ron's detriments was his loyalty to to the veterans and and those around him uh right. and that that was kind of his downfall so mm-hmm. so um anything else for the listeners wes um just I want to say that Terrace is like the leading receiver in the NFL for preseason. So just let's keep that up going into this week. Go Terrace. Uh. <laughs> as much as I can see him in this game without getting hurt. Like, yeah. I think on me enough, but and I'll add one more thing about him. Panther with- Panthers put his Jersey on the website. Don't make me have to pay 30 extra dollars to customize a Terrace Marshall. Your second round picks Jersey is not on the website. It's like, yeah, you're not even one of these guys that's like how many retweets to, to get a free jersey. Like you're I just, just want to buy it. Hey, how do I buy this jersey? Yeah, I, I don't want to customize it. I don't want to take the extra time or the pay the extra 30 bucks, but I will pay the $119.99 for just Terrace's normal jersey. Yes, absolutely. Blue, like, blue preferably. And yeah, I think you speak into a lot of fans who 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 want that at this moment. So um we will be back with you guys. Um after the Steelers game, uh, obviously, uh, we're going to, you know, talk about it, react to it, and get you guys ready for week one, which is almost finally here. This long offseason is coming to a close, and football will officially, real football, will be back uh, here in a matter of weeks. So we're excited, guys. We hope you stick with us this whole season. We've got a lot of good stuff coming your way. Um Going to get a bold predictions uh, episode coming in uh, before the season starts because we have a two-week little hiatus. So um, we look forward to you guys riding with us this whole season. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be some ups. It's going to be some downs. Um, and we're, we're, we're all super excited. So um, as always, like us, give us a review, rate us, share us with your friends. You guys don't understand how those rates and those reviews really, really do impact us and help us. So. If you can take three, four minutes of your time and just give us a review, that would be awesome and uh, and share us with your friends. So um, as always, we appreciate you guys. Keep pounding and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Later. Well, guys, uh, literally within two or three minutes of us starting to record that past episode, uh, news broke that the Panthers have traded Denzel Perryman to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, they traded Perryman and uh, the 2022 seventh round pick to the Raiders for a sixth round pick. Uh, 
Well, uh, Perryman has been hurt pretty much all of camp. Um, it's been noted that he has been outspoken about not getting the vaccine. So I'm not saying that that's what is, this is the cause of this. I'm just saying he probably didn't help his case. Uh, and we talked earlier on the episode about Jermaine Carter and the team's belief in him, and he won the starting job. So um, I don't think there's too much to say about this other than thanks for the six-round pick. And, yeah. <laughs> so basically what they did, what what we were able, what Scott was, was able to do is turn Perryman and Little into a six-round pick. Basically. Because we got a seventh for Little. So, yeah, there you go. That – I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it other than we had already talked, like, like Corey said, we'd already talked about uh, Jermaine winning that middle linebacker starting job uh, that, that basically pencil or writes your, your middle linebacker crew in pin yeah. there um, or your yeah. linebacker crew in pin. You've got Hassan and Shaq on the outside with Jermaine on the inside. Yeah. And I think too, you know, with, um, with the way that Bynes played the other night, um, depth and then Frankie Louvu just being what he's been this preseason. So we have depth, the linebacker. I, I think I'm not too worried about, you know, losing that depth that we did have in Perryman um, in that linebacking room. So I think that this is Jermaine Carter stepping up and being the leader and winning the job this preseason. And then you have guys stepping up and proving they're going to be depth pieces uh, all in that, in that room. So, um, Frankie Louvu probably makes the team. Bynes probably makes the team now. I mean, that's our depth. So, yeah, and, and it instead of having one extra linebacker piece, it, it may mean it may mean you can carry one extra defensive lineman because that was going to be a hard decision to make. Absolutely. Uh, and so maybe you keep Hassan because there's been talk about Hassan maybe playing some edge rusher, but maybe you just keep Hassan as a, as a linebacker and you keep, um, uh, keep Phil Hoskins on the roster instead. Some, just somebody on the defensive line that was going to lose their job may, may, may keep a job now. Yeah. I and mean, there's these, these cuts are going to happen. Um, this is not a cut obviously, but there's going to be guys that we thought might make this team that are not, I mean, that's just the preseason. So um, at least we got something for him. He's not just returning nothing. So, again, if you're going to cut somebody, you might as well try and see what you can get for him. And Perryman's a piece that we could get something for. So, cool with it. Obviously, like I said, we are going to have a bunch of draft picks from here on out with Scott Fitter. So, love it. Yeah. So, nothing else to add. Just wanted to throw this up there on the end of the episode for you guys to, to have our, our thoughts and, and a little nugget on – that trade that just went down. Oh, appreciate you guys. Later. <laughs>